Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Mark Becker, a new podcast produced by Georgia State University. You can find this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, or watch it on YouTube. In this and future podcasts, I will sit down with leaders who are shaping the future of higher education in America and beyond. We'll dive into the challenges and opportunities facing higher education and explore policies and practices that are show promise of a brighter future. I hope that you will find these conversations stimulating and thought-provoking, and if you do, please subscribe so that you will not miss future episodes. Again, I'm your host, Georgia State President Mark Becker, and today my guest is Dr. Timothy Rennick, Senior Vice President for Student Success at Georgia State University. Now, Tim is a graduate of Dartmouth College. He has his PhD in religion from Princeton University, and he began his career as a faculty member here at Georgia State University. But Tim is best known nationally and globally as the architect and leader behind transformational work demonstrating that it is possible to both dramatically improve graduation rates and eliminate all disparities in graduation rates based on race, ethnicity, or income while increasing access to higher education. Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Tim, you know, you and I have been working together for more than a decade, and you've been doing this work for more than 11 years, practically. Right. Uh, I know it hasn't been easy working with me, but mm -hmm. you, you've, you've marshaled through, you've gone, soldiered through the work. And during this time, Georgia State has literally transformed how students experience the university. And the results have been nothing other than astonishing. Now, I know as you go around the country and the world giving talks and meeting with groups, and as I go around and talk with people, the number one question we get is, what is the secret sauce? How do you answer that question? Yeah, I, I know you've been asked that question many times, and it's what everybody wants is one simple solution. Is there one thing you can do that's going to turn around graduation rates? That would be really nice and easy, uh, but that's not the case. As you well know, there are dozens and dozens of reasons why students drop out of college, and what we've had to do at Georgia State is think through and understand those various reasons, and in many cases come up with individual interventions to try to respond. But I will say there is something distinctive about the Georgia State approach. Uh, what we've done at Georgia State over the last 10 or 11 years is put in place a methodology for discovering what's tripping up students and for coming up with hopefully effective and uh, efficient in interventions. And that's using data. What we do is take the data seriously. We understand where the problems are by analyzing the data. And then we come up with interventions by piloting programs and testing those pilots via the data. So there is some method to the madness in the sense that there is a distinctively Georgia State approach to how we respond to the problems of students dropping out of college. And ultimately, that approach is something that is you know, uh, distinctive to the university uh, although there's some irony there, because what we're really doing is just applying the basic scientific method that is at the heart of uh, higher education. So you're actually doing what we teach in all of our introductory science classes. Finally, yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. But it's been a journey, you know, mm -hmm. thinking back 10 years ago uh, when we started with some pilot studies. So this methodology, was it evolutionary? Or did you really start with this approach from the beginning? It really came about by, I, I was going to say accident, but probably the more accurate term is by need. I mean, we didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have a large team at work. 
And what we needed to find is ways to use the resources we did have as efficiently as possible. So if you only have $50,000 of scholarship money to dispense, you better be sure that you're dispensing it in the most impactful way possible. And so too with some of the other programs. So we began using the data to figure out how we could get the most bang for our buck, literally in some cases with the dollars we were distributing to students, but in other cases with the time our staff has available to devote to students, to advise to students, to tutor them, and so forth. And it was through that process of beginning to see we could move the needle much more dramatically by doing it from a database perspective that we began to kind of fall into this larger project. Thinking about the data, not only were you using the data to drive the programming, but the data also started to show the results. And in the early days, thinking back seven, eight years, uh, there were non-believers. There were people that told you, told me, or provost that they didn't believe our results because nobody had seen results like we had seen before. When did you become a believer? Yeah, well, you, both you and I have been at national yep. meetings where we've had our data challenged, not on the basis of any substantive criticism, but just because it couldn't be. You can't be graduating your African-American students at rates higher than uh, other populations, or you couldn't have closed achievement gaps that quickly. And, you know, we became believers when we began seeing that we could make a difference in the lives of students. At first, one by one, and then by the dozens, then eventually by the thousands. You know, you can raise questions about what is the best methodology, but when on a day-to-day -day basis you see students who in the past were dropping out walking across the stage at commencement, that's all the evidence you need. And we began to see that in greater and greater numbers and began to really question the so-called conventional wisdom that told us that these equity gaps that we were trying to fight against began in K through 12 or in some cases in preschool and began to see that maybe the gaps began at that point, but we could have a role in closing them. So if you were to give advice to somebody else who was taking up responsibility for student success at their university, what would be your number one piece of advice for getting started? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, there are a couple, a couple thoughts that come to mind. One that builds directly upon a point you were just making about uh, using the data to illustrate the effectiveness of programs, I think there aren't enough campuses that actually think that through at the start. You know, one of the things we've done well over the last decade is not only design programs, but design ways of assessing whether the programs are working. When we launched our chatbot a couple years ago, this is an automatic uh, uh, AI-enhanced texting platform, and we were the first post-secondary school in the country to have anything like it. As we were launching the project, we were also securing the services of a national researcher in AI and chatbot technology right. to conduct a random control trial, to do, uh, conduct a scientific study of the impact this project was having. That meant that six months after we launched the project, not only were we seeing extreme benefits for our students, literally hundreds of students were staying enrolled who in the past were walking away from the university, but this researcher was publishing her findings in the Harvard Business Review. Right. You know, if you want to convince a skeptical group of stakeholders, and sometimes that can be faculty and staff, sometimes that can be outside administrators from other institutions, sometimes it's your own students. If you want to convince them, the best way to do that is lead with the evidence. And you certainly have led with the evidence. In fact, to that point, I'd say, you know, being a statistician, people expect me to be in the data. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a religion professor. Would you say that you have found religion in data? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a a absolutely. It has been transformative, and it's something interesting about the careers we live. Mm -hmm. uh, you went through a similar trajectory, but mm -hmm. you know, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis today is almost 100% different 
than what I did when I started at Georgia State, teaching comparative religion classes uh, to undergraduate students predominantly. But we've been able to, you know, evolve and, and, and uh, come up with different uh, uh, purposes and, and, and different charges and so forth, in part because uh, post-secondary education is just that flexible. And yeah, I always loved the data. I always had a knack for it, uh, going back to my middle and high school days, but I've never had the chance to really use it as much as I have over the last decade in this position. So as my statistics students always told me, if you make it relevant, it'll be worth doing. It'll be interesting. So um, I I think, you know, as we bring this to a close, I think it'd be accurate to say, um, even though we've developed a methodology and so there is maybe a secret sauce, we're not done. So where from here? Yeah, we're far from done. I mean, the reality is uh, until we reach 100% graduation rates, as you've made very clear to me over the years, our work is, is, is far, far from over. So there's always some next iteration. What we found over the last decade is if we remain stagnant, if we stop innovating, then the uh, success rates level off, right? The only reason why they continue to go up is we continue to innovate. So I alluded a little earlier, mentioned briefly the uh, the use of chatbot. That's a new area of uh, for American higher education, another area where Georgia State is the at the absolute uh, cutting edge. We've taken a platform that when we launched it was focused on a very specific problem. We needed a chatbot, an AI-enhanced texting platform, to help students through the summer between high school graduation and the start of college. And it's proven very effective in helping students get questions answered and figure out how to navigate that time period. But what we're doing now is expanding the use of that chatbot for every student at Georgia State for their entire academic careers. So our vision is 53,000 students who can turn to their smartphones 24-7 anytime they have a question and get an AI-enhanced immediate response. And so this past fall, we launched a group of a pilot group of 4,000 undergraduates who have access to uh, the, this this chatbot 24/7. Uh, we're just beginning to get the data in. In fact, I heard from Lindsay Page, the uh, nationally uh, respected researcher at University of Pittsburgh, who's also conducting uh, a random control trial of this pilot. And she has just reported that the impacts, the positive impacts on the students with the chatbot are profound and positive for the fall. So things like the completing of financial aid applications, registering for classes, academic performance, the students with this tool in hand are doing significantly better. So it's just another way in which we can continue to, uh, you know, uh, thrive at Georgia State with the latest innovations. It's another way we can also show that technologies like like predictive analytics that weren't even in existence five or six years ago, in this case, AI-enhanced chatbots, can be the answer to problems that higher education has long struggled with. Well, Tim, thank you for being on the program, and thank you for the work that you're doing to literally level the playing field for all students, My not point. only here at Georgia State, but really around the world. It's pioneering. Thank you, and thank you for all your support over the years. It's been profoundly important. Well, thank you. This has been conversation with Conversations with Mark Becker, President of Georgia State University, and you've been listening to a conversation with Dr. Timothy Rennick, Senior Vice President for Student Success at Georgia State University. To hear future conversations with leaders who are shaping the future of higher education, you will find conversations with Mark Becker on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as viewable on YouTube. Thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe so that you will not miss future episodes. Goodbye for now.